Luke 7. This woman is very popular with God and with me. Um, I can't seem to get away from her at the moment because of the heart that she demonstrates and the position that she is living from and in. And if you've just new with us today, you haven't been sort of uh, hearing, we're talking about true worshippers. And John 4, 23-24 says, I seek, I look, ah, I look for true worshippers. And true worshippers worship in spirit and truth. Uh, this position of being in Christ and Christ being alive and living from an inside-out perspective. And so I've called this, this is about the seventh, I think it is, seventh talk uh, that true worshippers I just go one back. Um, true worshippers position themselves at Jesus' feet. Uh, the other word I really like is true worshippers are found at Jesus' feet. They are found in his presence. They are found with what he cares for. They are uh, in a position with him. And we're going to look at that today. And God spoke to me just a week ago about Mary and just that she is a person who is in this. She is someone who is modeling. She's a picture for us, like Paul is a picture for us, of a follower who really is a true worshiper. The uh, father seeks and found this woman. And yet, uh, if you were to look at her CV from who she was, you'd probably maybe write her off as someone. How can this sinner be a true worshiper? How can this woman of the night, uh, how can she be anyone that would represent a follower of Jesus. Well, she was. She may have been found in this place and she may have been a woman of the night, but through an encounter and ongoing encounters of Christ, she's found at the foot of the crucifixion. When the tight 12 or the, 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 the disciples, bar John, they'd all taken off, Mary's found here with his mother. And she's also found in three other places. And so we're going to look at three pictures today. And we're going to look at what God really wants to teach us and show us and encourage us in. And so really, I guess you could say, are we found in the position that Mary is found in? And how did Mary get there? And so Luke uh, 7, we'll turn there, you're probably already there. Uh, Luke 7, and I'm going to read this. Uh, fairly quickly, 36, because I've taught from here before, and then we're going to jump to Luke 10, and then we're going to go to John 11. Okay, here we go. Uh, Luke 7:36. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, talking about Jesus, and he entered the Pharisee's house and was reclining at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him. She is a sinner. 
Verse 40. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. A money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. For which of them will love him more? Part of this whole teaching we've been looking at, I've been teaching about knowing where you're from, what you've saved from, the original nature that is in us from the kingdom of darkness that still lives in us, even though we have the nature of Christ now in us. And I love these words. When they were unable to repay. Do you realize how much you were unable to repay? Have you had a revelation of how far away you are as well from the reality of what Christ has come to do? Like, if Christ didn't come, there's no way that you and I can redeem ourselves. How far away and how were they unable to repay? He graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Which one do you think is going to love them him more? So out of this scenario here, he's painting a picture to Simon. He's challenging Simon. Because obviously Christ knows Simon's heart and he knows the heart of Mary. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning to the woman, he said to him, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who was forgiven little, loves little. He who hasn't yet been revealed how much, how far away they are, that love hasn't been revealed to them, the Christ hasn't been unpacked, loves little. But for those that have a revelation, a living reality of that nature that separates them from the Father. Those people are found loving much. And we can see by her life, her act right here in this moment, this woman is loving much. He says, I walked into your house. You didn't even give me a drink. This woman is at the foot of my feet, kissing my feet. She has taken her yearly wage in this expensive bottle of perfume and she is pouring it out on me as an offering. And you're judging her and me. You see, this woman has been revealed much. And so she's found where she needs to be found in her body language. She's demonstrating for you and me in her body language, isn't she? She's demonstrating for you and me in her emotions. She's demonstrating for you and me in her finances. Ooh. By pouring out on him this expensive perfume that she saved up for to lavish on her Lord. 
She is lavishing on him. Why? Because she's fallen in love. Why? Because the Christ has been revealed to her. And the natural outworking of this is to be found positioned at his feet. See, it affects every area of your life the more he reveals himself. Every facet, relationships, how we hear, how we see, how we understand, the things that we will walk into, not walk away from, the situations we face, whether we will run from something that scares us or we run into him, whether offense uh, uh, pushes us away or pushes us into one another. Pretty much everything hinders on the revelation we have of Christ. And this woman is found at his feet, pouring out her perfume, pouring out her emotion, pouring out her, in, in her body language where she's even positioned. And right now, I'm, we're going to take up the offering. As just an expression of our love for him. And this may be an area that God wants to break open in your life. He might want to break the dams open right this morning on this. He may want to say, it's time. Today's the day that we start going here because this is holding you back. And you may not even realize this one area is holding you back, but it may be. No different to every other area so this isn't about, we, we make this the big one, but in God's eyes, it's not the big one at all. It's just a, an outworking. And so I would say to you today is just start seeking him more in this area. Start allowing him to speak to you in every aspect. We're going to look at biblical prophecy in May. Every aspect of his living word sets us free. Not the bits that you know, And so this woman is demonstrating something here. And we're just going to pray as soon as it's done. And we're going to then look and we're going to go to uh, Luke 10. And we're going to look at her sitting in her sister's house and see what we can learn there. So Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the money that's given here. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the people that lay down their lives and serve what you're doing here and invest in every way. Not just financially, but every way. And so, Lord, we ask today that you'd bless. And, Lord, lead us into this position that Mary's in. Lead us, Father, more and more. And if we're there, just increase the measure because it's limitless what's in your kingdom. Father, there is no limit to what you want to do in your kingdom, Father. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. All right, so come over now to Luke 10. We'll spend a bit more time here. Luke 10, verses 38. Once again, we probably know this well. We know the story well. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Here we go again. She's found where? 
at his feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. So let's go back to verse 38 and I'm going to break this down. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Fascinating how you invite Jesus into your home and you just continue doing what you do. Hey God, the creator of everything, come into my heart. Because we are the house now, aren't we? We're the home. Come into my heart. And then we just go about doing our own thing. God's God of the universe, this is the God that said, let there be light, and there was light. He takes dust and creates us. I'm fascinated that Martha doesn't even ask a question. If God, if Jesus rocked up and tonight you went home and he knocked on your door and said, can I come in and sit with you? Would you go, sure, come in. Now just give me a minute because Liverpool's on in five minutes. We're six, we're, we're six games away from winning the league. So, and they're playing West Ham tonight. So just sit there. God, Luis Suarez, do, 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 do. You having a good time? Yeah, yeah, Come on! Oh, goal! 90 minutes go by. Jesus got fed up of waiting. He left. Because I was distracted with so many other things. And yet I had God in my home watching the game with me for five minutes. And he's trying to get my attention. Hey, Greg, do you want to know about this? What's that? This? Nah, not really. How are we going? Come on, man. 20 minutes in. It's one night. Greg, do you want to know about this? What's that? Nah, not really. I got my things on the go. You see, Martha's finding herself. She's the one that invites him in. Mary doesn't invite him in. Martha invites him in. And then gets caught up in all her own stuff. But where's Mary found? At his feet again. Can you see the picture? How easy is it to get distracted by all the other things that are out there when the actual reality is Jesus lives in us and wants to come out of us and he wants to talk to us about so many things that are in us still and the way we think, and all these things, and his greater dimension of truth for us, like 
biblical prophecy and who we are in Him and who He is to us and His purposes and His plans and His ways. But we just go, I'm just too busy. I'm distracted with my wife. I'm distracted with my kids. I'm distracted with my new puppy. I'm distracted having meeting after meeting here. I'm distracted with this. I'm distracted with that. Then I've got this. Then I go to the gym. Then you know about my new diet that I'm on. I'm distracted with that. I'm really working hard with that. And I've got all these things that just line up that keep me distracted from sitting at Jesus' feet and saying, what was that you wanted to say to me? And Lord, give me ears to hear what you want to say to me. Because see, Samuel heard God. He just didn't recognize it was God. You could be sitting here today. You hear some things, but you don't recognize it as God speaking. You just think it's Greg speaking. See, we've got to have ears to hear and be positioning ourselves in such a way that we receive and are not caught up. You worry about many things. You are anxious. Do you know why we get anxious? Because we take our eyes off Him and we put them onto everything else. The interest rates just went up. Our eyes go off Him and into the natural and anxiousness gets birthed. Oh, no. Martha, you worry about so many other things, but I teach you not to worry and I teach you to seek my kingdom. But my kingdom is not of this realm, Pilate. I'm not from this place. I'm from a completely different world than what all you are from. And the way it works is completely different. Its mode of being is completely different. There's nothing about your world that relates to my world. Nothing. And so we all need to go back to school and relearn how we're to flow in His kingdom. But you can be completely distracted from the kingdom of the world stuff. But I've got this and that and this and that and I and I and I and I've got all these things that I want to do before I die. He goes, but I've got all these things that I want you to, to do in you and through you and I want you for you to become, just not now, in the future. See, Moses turned aside to see the thing that he didn't understand. When the bush was burning... Anyone seen a burning bush and it doesn't zap? No, fire destroys things, but not this fire. This fire is burning the bush, but the bush is still staying as it is. And Moses has enough humility and enough faith as he's walking to go, what on earth is that? See, he's going on his pathway and something catches his attention at the corner of his eye. And as he walks over to it, and looks and asks the question. Only when he asked the question did God speak. Wasn't the other way around. I prayed for thirst before. Give us a thirsty heart to be found at your feet. 
to break the distraction thing off us, to break the apathy, to break us off ourselves so we're found talking to a bush that's burning but not up. (laughs) And asking a question. But see, Martha, she's distracted by all these things. And she's anxious and she's worried. Do you know what happens when you're anxious and you're worried? You try and drag other people into your anxiousness and your worry. I'm freaking out. Come and join me in my anxiousness and my worry. No, I'm free. Leave me alone at the feet of Christ. No, you come and be mine and my thing and help me. Because I need you, not Christ. Come on, you help me, Mel. No, you come and sit at the feet of Jesus. No, you come be with me. Thanks, Mel. Hey, don't you care that I'm doing all this stuff for you, by the way, in your name? It's just not in his will, but it's in his name. We love that one, don't we? What a great excuse. In the name of Jesus, just not the will of Jesus, so I can justify it away. This is Martha. And then she tries to pull Mary into her reality. That's what anxiousness and worry will do. Causes others to get sucked into it. That doesn't look much like life that he came to do, does it? And Jesus says, Mary's at my feet. And he's preaching the word. And it says she's listening to his word. How does faith come? By hearing the living word. Not any word, the living word. And so she's listening because it's Christ speaking to her. He is the word. You cannot separate the two. I love what Sandra said last week. That's Jesus on paper. Living, breathing, Christ. The Word. It's not Christ and in the Bible, it's Christ. And when Christ speaks, things happen. So He's speaking. She's listening. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left? That was part of my problem. Hold on, let me glue it back together again so I can. (laughs) To do all the serving alone. (laughs) Anyone want to come and hold this for me? (laughs) Then, no, 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 no. Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. And Matthew 6.25 talks about this. Is life not more than clothes? Is it not more than food? Is it not more than just the bare essentials? Seek first the kingdom and my righteousness and I will add. He'll add food and clothes. Not Ferraris. Not a big house. We take that scripture and we go, and they'll add all these things. What are all these things? Food and clothes. The bare essentials. And then I'll expand. But we're not bound by those things, are we? We're not to be bound and caught up because if you're caught up, you become anxious. You start worrying about interest rates. You start worrying about all these things that he calls you not to worry. Now, I'm not saying don't have wisdom. We start adding upon adding upon adding upon adding, and all of a sudden, 
that so many things distract us and we're no longer found at his feet. So we're no longer in peace. We're no longer in joy. We're no longer in righteousness. And the gap keeps getting wider and wider and wider until we turn around and recognize it and come back. And it can happen like that. Because even though the gap gets wider, it doesn't mean Christ is not walking with you. Oh, it's you again. But only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen. Everyone say chosen. The good part which shall not be taken away from her. You've got to choose it. You've got to choose to be found at his feet. You've got to make an active choice of one's will. Christianity won't just happen. We just think it will happen. No, we've got to actively choose to follow. Actively choose to place ourselves in positions at his feet to receive. Actively choose to allow our mind to be broken down at times. To be renewed by the Spirit. He says, your sister Martha has chosen the only one thing which is necessary. The only one thing. You have many distractions. There's only one thing, and that's be found right here. Come on, Martha. Come and be found right here with your sister. Stop working against your sister and try to pull her into your mess and come and actually repent and come and be found where your sister's found at. Because I've got many things to share with you both. See, there's a massive difference between worshipping God because of love and worshipping God because of function. Massive difference. But God, it's what I do for you. Can't you see I'm serving in the kitchen? I don't care. Come and be found at my feet. No, no, I'm serving you with my gift. Why? Are you comfortable just loving me and not serving me? Can you just love me for who I am without having to do anything? How long would a marriage last if that was the case? How long is the marriage last thing between us and him? If everything we do is defined because of what we have to do, not because we actually authentically love him. Can I be in his presence because I just love him? Or is it because I've got something in me that must do, it must be activated for me to find some sort of purpose and identity and fulfillment? Because I'm just not fulfilled just doing nothing but being in your presence, Lord. I don't know how to be there. So I'm anxious and I worry about many things and how I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z because I haven't yet come into a place that Mary was in where I can sit in your presence and just be. And rest. It's called being in his rest. And it's an active position. But I just love him so much. I just want to sit. And from that place now, when he says, go, I go. And it is so different from what I'm just trying to unpack. The opposite. 
where we need to be doing to find our identity. Where we need to be doing to find peace. Because the moment we stop doing, we don't know who we actually are. Because we're identified through our doing. And as men, we find a sense of accomplishment and identity through what we do. Look what I can do. Bang, bang, bang. God even gives us that as a father, as a, as a male to lead, but it must be defined by him, otherwise we define it and we get led into anxiousness and worry. So it's even part of the wiring that he gives us to be leaders, but who's leading really? Because if he's leading me, I'm found at his feet and I'm in rest and peace and joy. If I'm leading me, then I'm found in worry and anxiousness and that doesn't look like the kingdom which promises freedom. That looks like my kingdom being established in me and that's no good to anybody. You see why it's so important we're found at his feet. Through what? Through him revealing himself to us. It's the only way. The only way that you and I get to know him if he chooses to reveal himself to us. Through our seeking. Through our asking. How did you know that my father was who my father was? How did you get that? Because that was not flesh and blood. It was not because you heard it through some guy preaching. Although it can come by that way from a sense of Holy Spirit takes it and reveals it to you in a moment. But the Holy Spirit, my Father, revealed that to you. We have to be so careful that our worship is worship, true, authentic love, and not our worship is just to do a function for Him. Hear what I'm saying? We are called to operate and do certain things, but the posture in which I would I'll say this, I'm not defined by the role I play here. God said leave, I would go tomorrow. God said stop doing it. No, this way, not leave. If God said to me, step down from your position and just do whatever, sweet ass. No problem. Because it has no hold on me. He does. He's my rock. Not my title. Can't stand titles. Man made stuff. Come now with me to John 11. This is the third picture. John 11 17. So we've got Jesus in Simon's house, and she's sitting at his feet, demonstrating the heart of a true worshipper. She's lavishing on him with her physical being, her emotions. She's pouring out her tears. She's, her tears are, 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 are washing his feet. She's got her long hair and she's washing his feet with her hair. She's kissing his feet. And she grabs her perfume that she's been storing up and she pours all over him. Then we see her at Martha's house sitting at his feet, listening to the word listening to the Christ share and dialogue. You know, I love the fact that Jesus even makes a statement about it. He says, you know, this story will be spoken of for years and years and years and years to come. Why do you think that is? Because he's saying, here's a woman that's a true worshiper. 
Here's a woman who's a picture for my people, thousands of years to come, that I want them to see and understand what it looks like. But I don't want them to get caught up in the externals. I want them to see her heart. I don't want them to chase externals like, right, now I need to be found on the feet, on the floor, scrubbing floors to show humility. No, I want them to understand my heart. Come to me. Don't chase the outcome. Be someone who goes through the process so the outcome is just a natural outworking of the process you've gone through. We chase everything else but the Christ because we think we already know the Christ. But the greater you know him, the outcome just takes care of itself. If you know him, you'll be found where he was found. He says, you constantly look for signs and I'm right in front of you. I'm not going to give you another sign. If you knew what you were asking, I would be going against my word. No, I'm right in front of you. If you know me more, you'll just flow in how I flowed. Can you hear what I'm saying? If he's in us, you'll flow the way he flowed. You won't be chasing anything but him, intimacy with him. Because you'll just love him for who he is. You'll sit and be at peace and at rest and have living joy and living peace that goes beyond understanding. So when others are worrying and are anxious because they are chasing the interest rate, they are buying their tenth home to build their empire on the hill, they are chasing the overseas holiday again and again and again, and they're upgrading and upgrading because they've got to keep up with the Joneses and they've got to get the next puppy and the next thing because they've got to keep going and they've got to look like this and they've got to act like this and they've got to play this sport and that sport because I'm just distracted by so many things. These other people sit there and go, Man, that looks pretty hard. Tiring. Exhausting. Mate, I have so much life in me. I'm free. Let me tell you about the hope that I have in Christ. Let me share it with you. Let me tell you how I found it. Encountered him one day and I was sitting at his feet. He just continued to pour it out. Being a follower of Christ is awesome. It's the greatest thing I ever decided. He told me if I lose my life, I'll find my life. I found the life that I didn't have over there. I was once that, a sinner. They label her. Sinners are the greatest people in the world. Why? Because they know who they are without Him. That's why Paul said, I'm the greatest sinner. I know who I am. I know who I was. And I know now who I am in Him. And that has catapulted me into this reality because He showed me it. So He's not, he's, He says that with all humility. I am the greatest sinner on the earth and I take pride in it knowing that I need Him. And without Him, I'm a scumbag who is killing the church. Amen. I'm wicked. I'm evil. Every thought set up against the Father. And without the Father, I'm going to hell. But with the Father, I'm going to reign with Him now and the future. So I walk in that new identity, but it's a revealed identity and I'm found in rest and I don't worry and I haven't got anxiousness and I'm in this position and I'm overcoming and I'm walking with brothers and sisters and I'm part of a community. I'm committed with everything I have. I put two feet, two arms, my head, everything and I'm here and I'm signing up. If you could sign up. Right here. How committed are we to what God's doing here? There's a challenge, isn't it? How committed are you 
How committed are you to Him? Can I ask that question? I just did. But how committed are we to Him and His ways? Seek Him. Seek Him with everything you have today. Today may be your last day that you breathe life. Seek, ask, knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Because Mary has found something that her sister yet hasn't. But in this position, we see Martha slightly changing. John eleven seventeen. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. This is Lazarus, because Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are brother and sister. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Is that a bit interesting? Martha's off, but Mary stays. Jesus is coming. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to stay right here. Oh, I'm going to meet him. Okay, you go, but I'm staying right here. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Side note, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? When you die, you live. eh? You don't really die, you live forever. That's just where you're going. So if you're with us today and you haven't committed your life to Christ, can I say commit it today? So when you die, you're alive and you won't go to a place called Hades waiting a lake of fire. You will be in paradise waiting the return of Christ. Greatest decision any human can being is to make and commit your life, not just a one-off event, the whole process of getting to know the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Because when you die, you will live. Do you believe this? She said, yes, I believe this, Lord. She's, she's starting to grow. She, I love this. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. See, Peter said it this way, we believe and have come to know you are who you are. Starts in belief, but you've got to come to know that you know that you know. When she said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, this is what's fascinating, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. See, when she heard that Christ called for her, then she went. She didn't just go off her own back. She didn't just go off her own initiative. She didn't just go because she thought it was a good idea. She stayed and waited until Jesus called for her. Can you see the level of her intimacy? The depth, I should say, of her intimacy? That she can hear the difference between just getting emotionally excited about the return of Christ and not moving an inch until Jesus said move. I pray you can hear what I'm saying because it's essential in our following. Jesus only did what the Father did and told him to do. He didn't just go gunshot, gun-ho. He was intentional about everything he did. And when Jesus called, then she goes, listen to this. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Mary met him. 
Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her. Now it says here, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there, therefore when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell again at his feet. So the people don't move when Martha takes off, the people only move when Mary takes off. Think about discipleship. Think about real leadership. The sheep hear my voice. Once again, Mary is demonstrating for us someone who's submitted, someone who has Christ in her to a measure that other people can even see it. And they move when she moves, not when Martha moves. This next bit is awesome too. I'm not knocking Martha. Don't, I'm just wanting to paint a picture of Mary. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? See, I believe Jesus sees himself in Mary. There's something in the woman that activates his weeping because he wasn't crying before that. This is when he saw Mary. He saw this woman that loved him, that poured out. Because why? For much is forgiven, much is loved. He sees the worship in her heart. He knows her. He's been with her three times, three separate issues. And she's found at the cross. When she weeps, it activates something in Christ's heart. You see, we can love him in such a way that it activates him to love us back at a greater level. There's something that God's looking for in a relationship. It's two-way. And the church has painted it one way for way too long. And we just think it's just God loves us, but we can do whatever we want. He goes, man, that breaks my heart. I love you so you can love me back. And we can have a reciprocal relationship. And when you love me like that, you'll move me. You'll stir my heart. I'm looking for a bride. I'm looking for my equal. I'm looking for, I want to walk and dance with you. I want to share eternity with you. I want to unpack my ways. I want to reign with you. I'm looking for love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. The great commandment. Not the commission first. The commandment. Are we found at the commandment? No, I just want to reach lost people. No. Am I found at the commandment? No, I want to go out and do X. No, I'm found at the commandment. Am I found at his feet being defined by that? So when I go, I'm fully going in him, in his way, not mine, not my good ideas. This was Mary. This was Mary. This is to be us. And God is building that right here. When he saw her and those following her, he then weeps. See, there's an authentic place in him, a reality as it grows and grows and grows that we can have communion and union with the Father. And his groom is looking for her. So Lord, right now, pray, Father, invite the music guys back. Lord, with what you've shared today, Lord, I pray you cut out anything I've said that wasn't of you. Just eradicate it from everyone's mind now, their hearts. 
But Lord, as we move further down this pathway, Lord, I know You've got so much for us. There's so much we are yet to come into. And there's so much more that You want to show us and do in us to create life, joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Lord, You want us flying in the Spirit in truth. May we be people who seek spirit and truth. May we be Marys. Lord, help us to be, we're probably a bit of Mary and a bit of Martha. Help us to be more Mary than Martha and help us to help Martha's become more Marys. Thank you for the pictures that you give us in scriptures to demonstrate you, to demonstrate your love. And I pray for faith to be released now. Faith to want to go after, not run away from. Faith that lifts up, does not shrink back. You said to us, you said in the scriptures, she we know her faith saved her. Her faith Faith, hope, and love, all intertwined equals Him. So Lord, I pray that we would be faith right now, by faith, would be released in our hearts and minds to believe, to believe that we can enter this reality more and more. To know that we can enter this reality more and more. To love beyond what's reasonable. Because your love is unreasonable. It just keeps coming. To love like you. To hear like you. To see like you. To act like you. To speak like you. Holy Spirit, we submit our lives to you. And we position ourselves at your feet. Help us, Lord, to not be distracted by the world, our own selfish desires and wants, but to fall in love with you. I pray we would ask for a baptism of love, a baptism of spirit. That we would be found asking, Lord, seeking, knocking. Right now, Lord, Pray we would ask. The song says, I'm desperate for your love. Desperate for it. Love you like fire so all will see the reality of you and me. That would burn. And it would burn bright. That I wouldn't hide it under a bushel. But it would burn for all to see the Jesus that's in me and us as a people, Lord. Your love is like fire. And it will burn through us. And it will burn the dross. And it will create beauty. It will create life. 